Welcome, my friends, to Scrimey River, the MTG Advice Podcast. I'm Riley. And I'm Dennis. And we're here to solve your problems. Uh, Riley, you call this an MTG Advice Podcast. Yes. But do you know where the term podcast comes from? Um, I mean, it's an, it's, I, it's an iPod, right? You used to listen to casts on an iPod years and years it ago. It is an iPod broadcast. Yes. Welcome to this, the 39th iPod broadcast in this, our, I don't know, Year of the Kaiser or whatever. Year of the Kaiser? I don't know. It's like an old-timey way to be like, oh, you know, the beer you know, is the a 20s, 20s broadcasting thing. Oh, sure. That's the, okay. Yeah. It's like, oh, uh, welcome everyone to our old-timey radio show. It's, it's 19 Dickety 2. <laughs> well, it's Dennis and Riley here to give you yeah. some, ad- some advice on Magic the Gathering. Yeah. Um, uh, I have to imagine that's just early sound engineers being like, no, no, the microphone picks up already. You got to talk high. You got to talk kind of weirdly high. Yes. Otherwise, and they're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> that's the only way we can, we can EQ it to make it actually work. Um, podcasts, I think it'll be one of those words where in like 50 years, like, why are we still calling it this? I mean, yeah. if, we, if we're having that conversation now, right? Yeah. Like already we're being like, this is a silly thing to call. You know what my big one for this is going to be? When Go do on. phones stop being called phones? Yeah, because they're not really. I mean, when was the last time you, phone, you used them to make a telephone call? 1812? I don't know. Like a yeah, long time ago. Yeah, like the 1700s at, at least. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not, what is it? It's just a personal d- computing device? What do you call it? No, I said that rolls off the tongue. I'm sure that'll catch them. A PCD? It doesn't work, does it? I mean, have you seen my uh, personal computing device? I can't seem to find it. <laughs> you know what I also was surprised went the way of the dodo? Go on. Ringtones. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like. On if- two fronts. First of all, my phone is constant on vibrator silence. Never had. If my phone makes noise, something's gone wrong. And second of all, everybody, I think Apple did it. Yeah. Everybody had the iPhone ringtone. You, 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 for you, it's really hard to change your ringtone on an iPhone outside of the default ones. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, sure. Sorry. I, I Sorry. Yeah, you can change it, but only within the pre, like a list of them. Yeah. If yeah. I want to make my ringtone Tusk by Fleetwood Mac, I got to jump through a lot of hoops. Yes. Whereas in previous, you just, you, there was the magazine. You, you on would the just back. text, you knew just, that you'd see the ad on TV, you'd text a number and they would send you a sick polyphonic ringtone. Yeah. On the back of a mag, on the back of like K-Zone or Disney Adventures or whatever. That's what it was for me on the back Dude, of I the- remember, I remember being so excited when I got my first phone. Go on. For that to like trade- ringtones with my friends oh steve, yeah steve steve yeah. has the final countdown yeah <laughs> oh well you gotta you gotta trump you gotta you gotta can, become can you, send, some, can you, can you send it real to good me? for that oh, i don't have bluetooth it's okay i have infrared it's fine yeah oh yeah <laughs> you press the two phones yeah. together yeah exactly yeah and then we're the, showing our age here uh, we talked about the the teen buzz we've talked about teen buzz on this What's on this podcast buzz? right I've definitely talked about this before. The, the 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 sound that is so high that only teenagers can hear. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like anti loitering thing. Yeah. Well, or you just do it in class. Yeah. And Tom Avarice comes and tries to claw your face off because he he it it makes him crazy like a like a yeah. dog whistle. He can't like, yeah. like an MK like an like an MK Ultra agent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Top poor old Avarice. He could not handle it. He could not handle the teen buzz. Anyway. Um, Dennis, as people have no doubt uh, had confirmed them over the last couple of minutes, this is an MTG advice podcast where we talk about magic and give advice exclusively. I don't know why we bother, bother in saying at the top of the show. It's so evident from the content that we have. So, what should we do? Explain. Welcome, everyone, to Scrimey River, a podcast. No, just, hey, hey, everyone. Straight in. <laughs> yeah. What's up, cheesebags? Welcome. Anyway, um, this podcast is continually and inexplicably. Sponsored by ChannelFireball.com, the best place to go and buy and sell your magic cards on the internet. Uh, Dennis, what's cooking over at CFB today these days? What's cooking is Double Master pre-orders. And Riley, you had some pretty good, some, some smacking tunes about you with your Double Master previews. Thank you very much. I did get some, uh, the first ever preview cards, the first preview cards I've ever got, Dennis. Craig and Wickrater and Bosch, right? Craig and Wickrater and Bosch, the Iron Golem. That's right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, some was, like was, high, val- high value cards, those. There's some real up there in the old price tree. Those like real high value, nice good cards. Do you know cards, what it is, Dennis? Sleepers. 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 Okay. Yeah, that's what it is. For those of you that don't know, I think those two at time of recording are the least valuable rares in the entire yeah, set. So now's far. the perfect time to go and buy them. Now's the perfect time oh, to go and yeah, pick them up okay. at channelfiber.com. I was about to say, where should one do that, right? Channelfiber.com. You go and pick up Bosch and Craig and Wickermata at, at very, very reasonable. Fr- I mean, they, they are very affordable, I think is probably a good way to put it. <laughs> Highly affordable cards. Um, Good, good for the budget. I mean, I'm a, I'm a budget conscious uh, wizard myself. Uh, very mm. appropriate that I get cards that are, uh, you know, so um, in keeping uh, with your branding, in you keeping with my brand. Yeah, exactly. Makes perfect huge, sense. Also, just a huge tight ass. Like, why would you pay twenty dollars <laughs> for a card when you could pay, you know, twenty cents instead? It's much better. Riley, you are you, your motivations with you, how you being you being cheap are strange. Go on. We went to a dinner once. Yes. And I was going to pay for dinner. Yes. And you were like, "You're paying for dinner, right?" And I was like, "Yeah." 
Yeah. And I was like, I, I was like, Riley, I want to know because this yeah. isn't like a diner. Yeah. I was like, if I had said no, would you like? This is a diner. Like, you're not going to order a full market price lobster. Yeah, like a, a, feel a like, cheese a, sandwich, like a filet mignon or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The delta between the bottom and the top of the menu is very small. It's like a so, dollar like, fifty. Yeah, does, does it actually change what you're doing? What, what you're ordering? You said, yeah, if. I was paying, I'd get a cheeseburger. And I was like, okay, what if I was paying? And you said, well, I'd get the bacon cheeseburger. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and I was like, dude. Mate, that's a dollar in the pocket. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a dollar in the pocket. Mate, that's how I'm going to build a house. That's how I'm going to build my house. Is with the, Out of bacon? Out of, no, honestly, like you're joking about it, but that's honestly why I think I'm going to be able to afford a house. I never thought I'd be able to own property. Property in Australia is exorbitant. But I like... Just years and years of not getting bacon on the on the cheeseburger is what is going to... That's that's how I made my fortune, Dennis. That's how I made my fortune. That's crazy. And if you're an astute shopper like Riley's, you can head to shopper.com and pick up your Crag and Wick cremators and your Boshes and that's just it. Fli- flip them for the hundreds of dollars they're going to be worth in a year's time. Uh, almost certainly. Almost certainly. Now's the time to get them. This does not constitute financial advice in any way, shape or form. Like, do yeah, not... Right? We're definitely not regulated by anything. Yeah, no, do, not, do not take this as... You know, this is not an MTG finance cast. It's hardly an MTG cast at all. Um, yeah, you want to go to the Brainstorm Brewery Lads for that. But there are actually a bunch of sweet reprints in... Um, and now it's time to buy if you want them. Like now, this is the time where the, the price is as deflated as, as it's going to be, right? Yeah, it's crazy for a bunch of them as well. There's all sorts of stuff: swords, worm coil, as yeah, uh, new Khan. Have you seen New Khan, Dennis? I don't like New Khan. You don't like New Khan? I don't like Mark Tadine's owning it. I saw he made his promo picture on Facebook and was Which like, "Screw fantastic. you guys, I love it." Yep, yep, yep. And I love that. I hate the art. I think don't it's like terrible. <laughs> I, think I like. I kind of like it to be honest. I kind of like uh, it. He looks so goofy. Yeah, I know. I, I don't know. I'm kind of into it. I'm kind of into it. I don't know. I, don't know. I like. I would never play the card, so it it's not relevant. Like I, I'm never gonna have to choose which Khan art I want to use. You have to absorb photons that have bounced off of it into your eyeballs, though. <laughs> I mean, like whatever about playing the card. I'm not super cross at it. I kind of like that it's annoyed a lot of people, to be honest. So now I'm kind of on its side by default, just because it's oh, kind of wound wow. a bunch and of people like, off. You just don't understand it. Like Pulp Fiction has a lot of layers. You're not really getting it. Like, I've, never, I've never watched Pulp Fiction. You've never seen Pulp Fiction? I've never seen Pulp Fiction. I got as far as the bit where they put the you, needle... And I, don't, I hope you don't take offense to this. You seem to me like you'd be a person who really likes Pulp Fiction and makes it a part of their personality if your music tastes anything to go by. Yeah, see, you're, you're, you're misdating me by about 10 years there. Because oh, really? I think, I think if we were hanging out 10 years ago and you said that and I watched Pulp Fiction, I think you're probably right. I think I probably would have absorbed mm-hmm. it and, like mm-hmm. that because I was that kind of person back then, always looking for cultural like accoutrement. Around which to, uh, you know, base my otherwise very vacuous personality. To build a personality? Yeah, that's it, because I just didn't have a lot of it back then. Um, uh, But these days, the music thing is a hangover from that. Oh, okay. Like, it's... I never really gave up on being a pitchfork kid. I'd like to say that I did, but secretly deep down within me, I still am a little bit of a pitchfork kid. Um, so, do you think? Do you think originality and unironic enjoyment of things is something that can only be obtained by bacon cheeseburgers, and that's why you're not you don't have it naturally in you? De- <laughs> to, you know, decades of depriving yourself of that has led yeah, to this, exactly. I've only started, I've only tasted the sheeple mind that you have when it comes I've to only media. tasted the sweet ambrosia that is a bacon cheeseburger since someone else started paying for my meals before that i was like well i guess i can't guess i'm not getting i mean i don't know why i'm getting the cheese i shouldn't be getting the cheese that's an extra 50 cents that's an extra dollar on the cheese i should just get just get the plain burger see if they'll hold the bun just gnaw on a patty maybe they don't God. cook it maybe that'll save money advice questions right this All is right, depressing <laughs> All right, Dennis, we've got some actual proper real-life advice questions here, which is uh, a rarity. The first one comes in from Anonymous, uh, hmm. who I think has... it's a French name. I think it's Anonymous. Oh, oh sorry, An- Anonymous, who has a uh, very timely question here with the state of the world. Since mid-March, writes Anonymous, my usual four-play commander pod has moved online, played games over Discord and other online formats. Generally, we once we got over technical issues, everyone seems to have a good time. We play some games, have the usual banter, and it's pretty close to the before times. I'm sure a lot of people can uh, can relate to that. I know Absolutely. a lot of people. Yep, have uh, done that. <clears throat> Recently, though, there's been a push to return to in-person gaming by one of the players, as my location is still a hotbed of COVID activity, personal health history, and my family's safety. This is not something I'm comfortable with. I was the first one to recommend moving the game online and have the most advanced setup of the group due to streaming and podcasting hardware. The reason for this push is the technical issues that others are having. Some of these players use cell phones as webcams. Mm. Uh, They have bad lighting, general connectivity issues, those sorts of things. They claim it's more hassle than it's worth. My concern is being pressured to join in person. If I hold out and they play in person anyway, I throw off the usual four-player pod by not being there. 
and I fear possibly being removed from the group in the future as they may find a fourth who's willing to play in person. Riley, have you experienced the social pressures of ignoring corona- the coronavirus pandemic yet? I have not. This isn't that I have intimate and recent experience with. Yes, uh, it's, uh, it's not... Uh, I was going to say, it's not easy, but it's simple. Yes, yes, and I feel very, very bad for Anani Moo here. Yeah. <laughs> for, and, and all jokes aside, I'm sure they wanted to remain anonymous for this very reason. Yeah. This is hard. There, should, there, is shouldn't hard. Be this, there shouldn't be this stigma. It's hard to do the right thing. People want yeah. to think that, you know, rules and regulations, and not even rules and regulations, just like humans have this inane ability to think themselves immortal until mm. proven otherwise. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, bad things happen to other people. Oh, bad those sucks, rules? Bad things That's happen. for other people. Yep. Not even rules, though. Like, people think they don't get hit by buses. Yeah, because broadly speaking, they don't. Other people broadly do. speaking, they don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My father always gets mad at me when I mention that. When I, when I say something is, like, statistically unlikely. Yeah. Um, like, I, I might say, like, I don't know. He might be like, oh, we shouldn't go on a plane right now. There's high winds. And I'm like, yeah, but planes never crash. He's like... And he, I was like, this, this, the odds of happening are, very, are like one in a thousand. He's like, yeah, but for that one person, they're a hundred percent. I so hate it that. Matter. See, I argue. I, I have this argument with Megan all the time because she won't. She won't swim in the ocean. And when we visit Australia, she won't swim in the ocean, right? Why? Because of all the, shark, Mate, the sharks. There's and no sharks. No one gets. No one gets attacked by sharks, right? And she's like, yeah, but you can't guarantee it. I'm like, it's not going to happen. She's like, oh, but you can't guarantee it. Won't. Like, um, she got to stop breathing, man. Free radicals in the oxygen are going to mess her up. Free radicals in the oxygen? Is this a thing? Yeah. Yeah, so that's like part of like like you you just get you're just exposed to stuff in the air all the time. I mean, everyone who breathes dies, right? Breathing has a roughly, and I have to check up on this. Yeah, but I think it's a rough as a limit approaching hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent fatality rate. Um. Anyway, back to the question here. As I say, simple, a simple answer. But this not is an really easy, hard. But, but not I really, an easy. One. I really don't know what or not what this person should do here. Like, no, it's, it's just, don't you, mate, don't it's, don't do it. Don't do it. No, look, there are a bunch, like, it's very simple. Uh, no, it's not. It, it's very very simple, as I say, and it's just not easy. It's not an easy thing to do. No game of magic is worth risking your life, the, life, the health and safety of your family, the well-being. The, like, I wholeheartedly agree. It's not worth the most, it. The most, the most frustrating part of this is that in all likelihood, it would almost certainly be fine. That's what really gets me about this. Sure. And this what happens with like also like on, a, on like a global and national scale. Like people, when people are people back when regulations first started coming in and people started quarantining and locking down and stuff, people were like, oh, you're overreacting. And then cases went down. Those people were like, see, you were overreacting. Yeah, but it's, it's because people yeah, did that. Exactly, yeah. Mm. <sighs> yep. Yeah, it's really frustrating. But no. Well, you and I have very different experiences, right? Just by virtue of where we live. You live in the UK. And I live in Ireland. Yes. And they are radically different situations. Radically different situations. One, a competent government. The other, <laughs> bloody eye tests by driving to Barnard Castle. So, uh, yes, very, very you different. You have, uh, so Eng- uh, like England, for example, just England, mm. has 11 times the population of Ireland and has 363 times the number of coronavirus cases. Yes. Active. Yeah. Active cases. Yes. That's crazy. It is a ridiculous, a rid- ridiculous. I mean, th- given that the the UK government's first response to it was ah herd immunity, that'll get us through it. Like, and, but it is people like that, that. That that those numbers are caused by people like anonymous friends thinking that not just rules don't apply to them, mm. but bad things don't happen to them. They don't get Look, unlucky. They don't it, get exposed to things like this. In fairness, we don't know what part of the world this question is coming from. We don't know the individual circumstances of all of these people, right? So we don't. I know what live the in government one of the go- safest countries in the world for this right now. I and I would I identify with Anonymous's position here. I, I don't think there's any doubt as to what the right thing to do is. And here. audience metrics wise, they probably live in America. Probably right. I'm just trying to give us that wiggle room, Dennis. That you're desperately squeezing in like the trash no compactor way. in Star Wars. No. Yes, if they live in Antarctica. I don't know. What if they're in Antarctica, Dennis? Do you consider that? If they're, no, on, an, if they're on an Antarctic research base uh, yeah. and they want to go to base 18 from base 13 to play commander, I think it's probably okay. Well, no, but- this is the thing. I mean, Anonymous says, my location is still a hotbed of COVID activity. Just, you, you just don't go. No game of magic is worth this. If you get booted out of the group, hey, good riddance to bad rubbish. These people are not your friends if that's how they're going to treat you. If they are going to- That's not true, though, man. Good people have bad opinions. People are nuanced tapestries of all of their choices and decisions. I don't, know. I don't have time for this sort of thing. good people make bad decisions. I don't have time for this sort of thing. If I get you, can't, treated- you can't expect everyone to be a paragon of virtue. 
I just have an extremely high standard of what I expect out of people that I call friends. That's fair enough. Maybe it's unreasonable. Maybe it's unreasonable. Well, that's fine. But like, if I if I had a situation like this and I was being pressured into meeting up with people and I didn't feel comfortable doing it, and they're like, ah, whatever, I don't care. We don't we don't we don't need him in the group anyway. I'd be like, great. I don't want to be part of it. I don't want to be part of the group. I would like to see like that. what they're re- like, what they actually say. Like, it's tricky. Like, there's because there's there's a spectrum here. There's a, there's a difference between. I, look, we've all been quarantining. I don't think it's a big deal if I drive over to Brad's house, yeah, and we see each other. And a different, and this is a hoax perpetrated by the Chinese government that doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, so I guess whole, we don't have that context. There's a whole yeah, breadth yeah, yeah. of justifications yeah. between those two things. Yeah, um, I would be, I'd be sticking to my guns here. I'd be sticking to my guns. And if I were in this situation, especially if the the thing that I want to drill down on here is uh, this person says it's not something I'm comfortable with. Don't don't discomfort yourself. Look, what what it sounds like to me, Anonymous, and I think, and this is something I've done a lot, it sounds like you've made your mind up, you just don't know how to go about it. Also, I, this happens to me. I make my mind up at something, but then I, I, for some reason, need permission to do it, right? Like, I need someone to back just, me up. Just outside validation. Yeah, outside validation. So, if you, if you are looking for permission to not go and play Commander with these people, I give you that permission. If you need that from some idiot hosting a dumb radio show on the internet, you you do not have to do this. You don't have to... Right, risk- let's just do this. Let's just... Here, uh, we'll, we'll clip this out. Okay. Hey, don't go to each other's houses to play Commander. Play online. It's a bad idea. Beautiful. There you go. A guy, A guy playing on a phone speaker said it, therefore it has to be true. <laughs> <laughs> but Dennis, you're not, you're not wearing sunglasses in, in the front seat of your car. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's How can we believe anything you say? <laughs> All right, we got another advice question here, Dennis. Got a question here from Maximus, and this is a tricky one, I think, genuinely. Go ahead. Long-time listener, first-time submission, Riley. We are truly a radio show now. We got our long-time first-time. Long, long-time first-time. So ever since 2014-2015, I've been playing relatively competitively, grinding GPs, Magic Fests, and PTQs and MCQs, etc. Pretty much anything I could play, mm-hmm. I was playing. That being said, my stepdad is quite the opposite. He strictly plays Commander and no competitive magic whatsoever. It's pretty cool to have a hobby in common with your stepdad just to begin with, by the way. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. However, he's been playing the game since the beginning and is familiar with all the cards, so I can discuss games and matches with him for modern and legacy tournaments, etc., and he will understand what's going on. When I'm struggling with building a new deck or sideboarding for the shifting meta, no matter the format, he always tries to give input on playing different cards, but these cards are just bad. Oh, no. They are always commons and uncommons that are, in his words, busted or so good, when in reality they aren't for the competitive scene. He just doesn't seem to understand that these fringely playable commons and uncommons are just bad. How do I explain to him that I can't listen to him go on about these bad cards when they aren't at all remotely close to what I'm looking for? Also... Am I the asshole for telling him no and that they are bad? We're on just two different complete levels. We're sorry, we're on just two different competitive levels, and we view the game very differently. How can I fix this issue without hurting him too badly? So I think I think one thing that really uh, stands out to me is that last sentence. How can I fix this without hurting? Like it shows that this You're, Maximus that, is very empathetic. Yeah, Maximus coming to coming through from the right uh, the right angle. Also asking me, am I an asshole for telling you no that they are bad? Like we're in a different. So it's. It's good that you, you're wanting to solve this problem. Like, if, if you were coming from like, oh, my stepdad keeps interfering with my hobby. He keeps wanting to inject himself with the stuff uh, I do. I'd be like, yeah. mate, you don't know how good you've got it, all right? So it's good that Maximus is definitely taking a constructive approach from this. Do we just need to introduce Maximus' stepdad to the Dennis Renek two-step program for success? <laughs> to Magic Excellence? Yeah, maybe yeah. Maybe uh, the stepdad needs to enroll in... Uh, we can give him the first one for free. Yeah, now. step so one for free is Git. Yeah, that's step GIT. Two, GIT. Step two, unfortunately, you got to sign yep. up to get the you full, have to pony full up for that one. Do you want? Do you want a response from an actual dad? Right. This is this is posted. Does this say you tell me you have a kid? No. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> uh, um, uh, this this was posted in the uh, in the Discord, right? And uh, a loyal viewer, Shark Templar, who has who has got some mm. of the most incredible dad energy you're ever going to come across, right? Um. The so Shark Templar is uh, so we we muck around the disc we play Overwatch that sort of stuff. Shark Templar is a dad who plays Overwatch and stuff with his kids and like Warhammer like 40k and like magical. Uh, I think they're like high school college age. Got it right. High school high school university age. Um, I got a lot of respect for this fella. I got a lot of respect for this fella. I have to say, and I I've always got time to listen to what he has to say. So I want to read out Shark Templar's response and then we can sort of mm-hmm. discuss it from there. So Shark Templar says, I think the next time your stepdad gives a suggestion, explain why you disagree and give examples of what's better in that slot. If you've already done that, maybe gently explain that you're a spike and you're only looking for spike cards rather than niche playables. 
Let him know that you really appreciate that he takes an interest in what you're doing and that you know a lot of stepdads might not. And then offer to play some casual nonsense with him, right? And goes on to say, it's tough. I've theorycrafted Overwatch and 40K and stuff like that with my son a lot over the years. And I'd be hurt if he suggested those discussions aren't welcome. But at the same time, I'd understand and probably suggest that we just play for fun. Maybe present ideas as questions. Let him lead the conversation. Not knowing your stepdad at all, I can't say he would react. Have you asked your mum? her opinion so again a lovely a really nice like empathetic person-based response but something that again highlights the i don't know the value that in in having a, a stepdad that it is very a, a valuable hobby like but this. i do yeah. think part of shark templar's response misses the mark there okay go ahead i don't think telling maximus's dad that he's looking for spike cards is going to be work is going to work because his dad his stepdad mm. thinks these are these are good cards that's a good point that's a good point yeah okay all right, so so I think framing the discussion very positively is good, right? And I think uh, I think again, it doesn't. We don't know what kind of person the stepdad is, but obviously, mm-hmm. obviously, they've got a good enough relationship to like hang out and play play magic and talk and, about and their hobbies, and talk about yeah. this sort of stuff. So maybe it's an opportunity for you to kind of open the stepdad's eyes to, like, if your stepdad's an old fart who's been playing, playing magic for twenty years and still thinks that like JM Day Tome is the best card advantage engine that's ever been printed, like maybe it's time to. Hey there, Maximus. How's your <laughs> Type Two deck doing? <laughs> exactly. Maybe it's time that uh, you know Hello, your, your step step papa meets you know Uro and uh, and Growth Spiral. I don't know. No, I I disagree. I Go would, on. and maybe this is toxic advice, but I would try and compartmentalize. I will play Commander or whatever casual formats or kitchen table with your stepdad, yeah. and build your decks by yourself in your bedroom. I don't like that. I don't. I mean, maybe you're right, but I don't like that. I don't like that very much. Is that at giving all. up? It is kind of giving up because, like, at the end of the day, you can have both, right? This is a cake that you can have both. You can both. That is eat having both. Have. You're you're playing match coming from your stepdad. Yeah, but and you're both taking the parts that he doesn't like away. No, like I, th- I don't know. I guess that is that. I mean, that's the, the that's the kind of option is that you withdraw competitive stuff from you know a, a, someone who seems to be a very devoted casual player. Uh-huh. But I think it's a shame to shut that door. I don't know. That's not okay. I'll put it this way: that's not the first place I'd go. Maybe that's but an are, option. Are you on envisioning the table. a world where Maximus's stepdad and him go to like F and M together and play standard and are competitive together? Potentially, or just like sit play arena together, or like yeah, yeah, grind yeah. games of you know with with tier one decks against each other, like Rector Sacrifice versus you know Team Rec or something like that. I don't know if they're doing that or not, but. Maybe it doesn't sound like that. You know what? I don't know. I guess. I guess you go ahead. Go. And I I, I can't believe that every advice question boils down to this. Yeah. Get on arena and draft with your stepdad. (laughs) Maybe that's it. That's the that's the advice answer to everything. Just draft on arena. Um, Just sit down. No, because arena will let you show that it's there. uh, Sorry, drafts because you show these are new cards that neither of you have any like stake in. Yeah. You know. You don't. You don't get to think. Some absolute total garbage, ridiculous card. Like I don't know, just pick a random name. I've had Kragomic Cremator or whatever. You don't get to argue that that's good. <laughs> All right, mate. All right, mate. <laughs> uh, no, but you're both playing from scratch, and it'll show your stepdad that you do know what you're talking about. And just because he's been playing longer does not mean he's been playing better. And I think it might be a good way yeah. for you to earn your earn your stripes there. That and that you know that you shouldn't necessarily have to prove yourself in that regard, but especially you know in the, in these kinds of relationships, not not just because you're stepdad, just because he's older as well. Sure, yeah, experience you know, people, is not a skill. Exactly, and people tend to get stuck in their ways there a little bit. But the one thing that really heartens me about this whole discussion that we're having from all sides of it is that there's a lot of empathy going along here. Like a lot of people, this seems to be a very person-driven um, problem. Yeah, just the this- amount of self-awareness exhibited in the way that Maximus phrases the question makes me feel like almost yeah. whatever approach he goes for will be largely successful. He's just not sure which way to go. And maybe the Shark Templar approach as well, to, you know, asking, asking. obviously, like, your mum knows your stepdad very well, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe she'll have some some perspective as to how to kind of unlock or get him to listen to the stuff that you're saying maybe a little bit better or help you uh, phrase or approach the issue in, in a positive and constructive way. Um, there were other, some other suggestions in the Discord about, you know, uh, say, Vin the human. Suspicious. I don't know why they have to point out their human. I don't like it. Uh, it says, one of the more useful bits of advice I've uh, picked up in customer service is finding the line where you can say yes instead of no. It prevents the other person from having to feel defensive. I do this all the time. I do this all the time, right? Yes. So saying something like, yeah, I can see where you're coming from with that. Does it work with these other cards as well? Is this one that's already in the deck? What, what card would you cut to make the change? So then it's, it's constructive and saying, no, that doesn't work. You say, well, yes, but how do we make this work? Or how, you know, like it, this is something that works with kids as well. Maximus' question makes it sound to me like he doesn't have the patience. His patience is worn thin on that one. Maybe. Like maybe, said, maybe that's not the sort of discussions. Maybe Maximus doesn't want to have Like, how do I explain to him that I can't listen I can't to him listen go on, on yeah, about these on. bad cards? Maybe maybe Maximus has already tried that one there. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, maybe Dennis is right. Maybe you need to sort of compartmentalize. Maybe you need to No, I do uh, think I do I do think I'm being pessimistic. I do think you should talk to your mum 
And I do think you should try and I think you should try and play magic with him. I think you should try and mm. play magic together in that like like drafting on arena together. So that you're on the same side of the table, so you can talk through your mm. lines and understand each other better. Well and the other thing I think that needs to change here, and this this is a bit of an assumption, so if I'm wrong I'm wrong about that, that's fine. But you know, I'm You gotta I'm move out of Albuquerque, man. That's the problem. You gotta get out of there. <laughs> Sorry, I thought we were making wild <laughs> assumptions about it. I'm assuming that the that the stepdad has been playing for a long time and still may have some some outdated ideas about what consists, like what a good magic card is, mm-hmm. you know. Grey Ogre's yeah. fine. Yeah, really good. What are you talking about? No, no. How good no, is that though? If Maximus actually is in Albuquerque, that's pretty good. Although, then we are we advocating for him to run away from home? No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Got to get out of Albuquerque. <laughs> there was a podcast I listened to called Hello Internet, which actually reminds me a little bit of this podcast. And what they would do is occasionally they would pick a name and they'd be like, mm-hmm. "Out there today, recording this podcast, we're talking to you." Thomas, this one's specifically for you. For you, yeah, Knowing nice. that statistically there'll be one of the people called Thomas that are just like, ugh. Oh, it's me. It's me. It's my week. So what are we doing this week? This well, one's Thomas. for you, Maximus. Oh, okay, no. Thomas. All right. No, oh, it's not for, sorry, Maximus. Yeah. Get out of here. It's for Thomas. All right, excellent. We spent like six minutes talking about Maximus. Yeah, Maximus. I, I, yeah, I, you've had your time, Maximus. It's, whenever all, it's we record about the Thomas podcast, now. I would like, I like to give, I, I've always thought about giving fake numbers and being like, okay. right, we've been recording for like, 60 minutes already so that people think you've edited out a ton of stuff oh like, just a heap yeah where did it all go actually, actually dennis that reminds me and i'm just looking at how long we've been recording geez yeah we've been going for about 50 minutes so we better we better crack on here uh one final <laughs> uh piece of advice comes in fr- oh sorry uh, not piece of advice one final advice question we're gonna be able to deal with this one very quickly comes in from me he says, I spend a lot of money every few months on cardboard. I hope it's channel5.com. And I spend mm-hmm. hours every month listening to two idiots on a terribly black branded podcast talk about why their listeners are magic assholes. Do I need to rethink my life choices? Ah, I mean, I think spending the money's fine. You just got to just got to stop listening to Magic FM. Uh, <laughs> I didn't see that coming. You played me a blinder. Oh, boy. Ooh. Got him. Riley, mm-hmm. a while ago... You asked yeah. the listeners to guess what drink I was drinking. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. And Avi in the Discord correctly guessed that it was a Red Bull, specifically a sugar-free Red Bull, but we gave him the points for the Red Bull. Yes. And the prize was a CFB Pro Plus, a CFB yeah. Pro subscription, correct? Yes. yes. Avi reached out and said, I already have a CFB Pro Plus subscription. Can I get a shout-out on the podcast instead? Shout-out to Avi, the Diamond no. Geezer Benson. No, no shouts out. Why no not? Why not? Because it's okay. Never mind. It's all right. Do you think we're setting a bad precedent? No, it's just it's funny when you so there's there's this old Ricky Gervais bit on his radio show, right? Where Steve Merchant read read out an email. It's like, oh, we just got an email from I don't know Jane, right? Who wants a wants a shout out? So Ricky, can we uh, can we give Jane a shout out? And he goes, no. <laughs> Because effectively the shout out has already happened, right? Just by yeah. reading the name, and he's like, "No, I'm not shouting." No, of course. All right. So uh, it's the shout out. He wants to extend the shout out to his oh, girlfriend, an extended shout out, who we initially forced to listen to Smar, and is now yeah. a willing listener. Well, thank you, Avi, and to your presumably Stockholm syndrome girlfriend. Yes, this is your shout out. You ready? I'm going to listen back your from the microphone. Enjoy your shout. Oh, Are we shouting? No, no. Wait. You ready? You ready? Ready? Yeah. Go. 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 Ow! There it is. <laughs> There's a shout out. Oh, I hope you enjoyed that one. There you go. All right, Abby, big ups. Massive ups to Abby. There you go. Okay, beautiful. Excellent. Well done. Dennis, you're drinking a new drink today. I am drinking a new drink today. This is going to be much harder to guess. I'm not going to get people it's, to try. No, it's not. I, I don't even recognize it. You don't recognize rain? Rain. It's, it's a gamer rain, drink like, for gamers. Is it actually a gamer drink for gamers? No, I think it's supposed to work out a lot, actually. But um, okay. it's just really tasty. I think it's sent by Monster. We should be monetizing this, dude. We can't just keep giving away these free, this this free free airtime. This one's watermelon drinks. flavor. I love it. Oh, I don't like watermelon flavor. You don't like watermelon. I don't like, I don't like watermelon, and I don't like. Can I tell you my problem with watermelon? I don't Dennis? like watermelon. I don't like flavors. No, sorry. Go ahead. I don't like watermelon for a range of reasons. Right. First of all, it's hassle. Right. It's Why the, is it hassle? they're big. They're big, unwieldy. You can't like just crunch them like an apple. I don't know. It's I'm, a murder weapon. It's also delicious. But anyway, go ahead. Do you know what really annoys me about the watermelon though? What's that? It is just the fruit equivalent of clickbait. How is that? It is a melon because, of water. Yeah. So you so you get a watermelon, you chop it in half, uh-huh. right? You chop like a disc out of it, right? And then you, you chop that disc into slices, right? Sure. And then you eat the slice from the 
in the the opposite way you I would eat a piece of pizza, right? It's Rather the, than the first. normal way to eat a pizza, but anyway, the that you eat the pointy bit first, right? First bite of watermelon, mm, compliments to the chef. Wow, so sweet, so juicy, delicious, love it, right? Every bite after that gets worse. Here's gets, what you gotta do. Here's what you gotta do. Here's what you gotta do. Get your wobble on, right? Get a peeler, yeah. peel it, and then spin it and gnaw it like you would a corn on the cob. That way it improves as time goes on. It improves as time goes on. Yes. You eat it, you get two massive corn of the cob holders, you right? Need you need to stick skewer one something hand. through it, otherwise it'll just collapse at some point <laughs> into two pieces and fall into your lap. That's so it. You need to like yeah. drive a spear through the watermelon to begin with. Right through the middle, and then eat it like a roast hog. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't like it. watermelons. I don't well, like watermelons. Have you tried? Have you, have you tried the the spit roast method? I haven't. I haven't tried a spit roasted watermelon, but that'll. Be, well, I wouldn't want to roast it actually. I haven't tried no. watermelon on a spit, but that's that's the new million dollar if idea. If you heat up a watermelon, Dennis. it'll just explode, right? The water will all boil. Surely, yeah. I mean, that's how that's how physics works. Yeah. Yeah. How attached are you to the microwave in your apartment, really? It's actually very small. I, don't, I could only get a small watermelon in there. That's fine. All right. If anyone, if anyone is out there has got a, a, an industrial-sized uh, microwave... No, I do not want to encourage this. I do not want fire in Tampa Bay kills three people after some kind of microwave <laughs> what, watermelon. Watermelon-based fire claims life. <laughs> yeah, after listening to a Magic the Gathering podcast, and you and I have to get on there and play and be like, wow, I can't believe Magic FM did this, and then delete every episode of Smart. Oh, mate. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. Don't do that. Don't, don't, microwave, don't microwave a watermelon. Anyway, um... Uh, it's time for Am I the Arsehole, uh, after, which we do every week after Watermelon Chat. Yeah, so thanks, of to, course. thanks, thanks for coming to the, to the, to the Melon Cast. Melon Cast, and now it's time for, uh, it's our John Cougar Melon Cast. And now, wow. <laughs> and, now, and now it's time for Am I the Arsehole. We just got one this week. It comes in from Arcanine Tales, which is pretty good. I like that hybrid Pokemon name there. That's pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Am I the Arsehole? This was a few years ago at a more casual FNM type draft. My opponent and I were shuffling up before the second round. It's important to note that they had been watching the end of my first round before mm, this. Mm. Rail birding. I noticed my opponent looking through their deck, picking out cards and fumbling through their sideboard, but a little more intently than someone who forgot to deboard from the, the previous pre-board. round. When I asked what they were doing, they told me they were pre Boarding. They didn't even try to hide it, Dennis. It's they didn't allowed even to... at, ca- at regular REL. So, as in boarding cards that were good against me for game one, I quasi called them out for the uh, by, by I quasi called them out by saying, "Come on, man, really?" Which was enough to deter them from continuing. Am I the asshole? And uh, where are we on watching the ends of matches at pre-releases, drafts, non highly non highly competitive events? If there's a potential that you could play one of the people in the following round, following round. let's do the easy bit first. Obviously, rail birding is fine. You can watch people's games at any point, like especially the, in a casual. Here's thing. the thing: the yeah. only, the, yeah, I mean, like you can watch games, whatever. That's fine. The yeah. only um, level at which it is within the rules acceptable to like pre-board like this yeah. is the most casual, regular yes. REL level. Mm-hmm. That is also the only level that that is also the level with the least incentive and prizes to do so. Yeah. So to be the kind of person to just to watch your opponent to watch somebody at a pre-release or a draft, find mm. out they're playing mono red or whatever, and put in your life gain spell or whatever before the game starts. Yeah. Is not against the rules technically, but it is yeah. it is, and Riley, I'm fully mean this it is pathetic. Dennis, I, that was exactly the word I was going to say. I was going to ask you, do you think it's pathetic? It's pathetic. Do you think it's humiliating for someone to have done that? I don't know how that person sleeps at night. I assume yeah. on a bed of one booster packs from FMs, <laughs> but I don't know how they sleep at night. Um, would you, like... How yeah, do you get like, up in the morning, look in the mirror and think, I'm going to pre-board at FNM later? I'm going to pre-board at FNM. Yeah. Would you, Dennis, like, what would you say to anyone who's listening right now who enjoys pre-boarding at FNM? Like, who is someone, let's say someone has done that, pre-board at FNM. Like, what would you say to them? I, uh, right what would you call so, them, Dennis? I don't know. Hey, it's a PG podcast. Right? It's a PG <laughs> podcast. So let's keep that in mind. But what would you call them? Would you call them a jerk? I would definitely call them a jerk. They're the asshole. Would call, every would time. Would you call them the asshole? Yes. Would you, like, let's say... What's your goal here? Oh, the okay. dumpster right, new no, no, players no, no. at a I, casual I, event? So you I just want to get the level of... You can base your pride on winning $4 goddamn booster packs? Get your head out of your ass. Let's... Ho- okay, so, so so pathetic. We've got pathetic. We've got how do you sleep? And no, we've got get your head out of your ass. Let's, let's say, Dennis, that one of your friends did this. Impossible. Impossible? They're not my friend anymore. 
not my friend anymore. Well, Dennis, I've got some news for you, Bucko, because no, guess who twist. pre-boarded at an FNM? Guess who? Guess which pathetic head in our sleeping on booster packs friend of yours pre-boarded at FNM? Ah, uh, yeah, but you probably went and sold that booster for three dollars, and I'm like, mmm, that's three bacon cheeseburgers for Riley. <laughs> You are a oh dear. You you, you got to get the bleep button out, man. You yeah. d- motherfucker! I can't believe <laughs> this. <laughs> oh my god! Oh dear. Yeah, no, I did it. I did it once. I did it. Yeah. Would you like to know why? Why? No. I guess okay. it. It does. No, it does make it a lot less funny if I give you the full context of the story. Like it's just funnier if I just say, "Yeah, I did it," and we leave it at that because the full te- context of the story. Doesn't, Unless it, it was you were trying. It was one of those things where there was a local children's hospital that needed thirty-seven thousand dollars in grant, and you went to an F and M and they had a banner that was like thirty-seven dollar thousand prize for first place. <laughs> like, oh my god, this is my chance. Unless it well, is literally exactly, it. exactly that yeah, no, story. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Actually, yeah, it was thirty-seven thousand dollars a well, prize. I no, hope they named a wing um, of it after you. No, uh, to be honest, I just didn't know you, you weren't supposed to do it. That's actually all it was. Well, you were it allowed. Was like to, you are allowed to do it. No, 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 no. But I did. I like. I didn't you know didn't you realize it was bad form. I didn't realize you weren't, weren't supposed to do it. Right? It was in. It, I think it was like my third ever draft. Right? I was drafting, um, and Stephen Campbell, one of the guys who actually was responsible for me. I was going to say getting good at magic. I'm not good at magic, but one of the people who like mentored me a lot. Right? Um, he opened a Thundermore Hellkite in an M13 draft, right? And he's going, oh, because yeah, it was like 40 bucks at the time or something huge. They're like that, right? Anyway, we uh, we get, I see the pairing go up. He's like, oh, he's got the Thunder Hellkite. Oh, I've got a plummet. I'll just put that in my main deck because then if he ever casts it, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, we're playing, right? <clears throat> playing, playing, playing. He goes, he plays the Thunder Hellkite, like turn five, whatever. And I'm like, oh, plummet, getcha. And he's like, main deck plummet, huh? Main deck plummet. And I was like, yeah, well, you got the Thunder Hellkite. So I thought I'd, I'd, I thought I'd play it. And he's like, did you just put it in because we got paired? I'm like, yeah, of course. He's like, you probably shouldn't do that sort of thing. I'm like, why? <laughs> it kills it. Of course I should do it. it. Like, I just killed your Thunderbolt Hellcard. Of course I'm going to do that. And then, yeah, we had the conversation, that sort of stuff. But, yeah, I just, I just I honestly had no idea. I had no idea. So unless this person is in exactly that situation, which it doesn't sound like they are, seeing no. as they're railbirding and they seem to be pretty, you know, dialed in on it. But how brazen do you have to be to sit down and pre-board against someone, like, in front of them? It's, I don't understand. I, I have to, I have to imagine this person is, is, is like a, ah, uh, I don't know. I don't know how this yeah. person, I, I just can't, I can't, I cannot put myself in this person's shoes for even a second. No, it, it does. It, it baffles me. It, like, I, I mean, as someone, you know, who did it, I, I don't want to say by mistake, cause I'm not trying to like minimize the, like the, the wrong that I did or whatever. He's but like having it, minimized the wrong that he did. It's well, it was, it was, you know what they always say, Riley? Ignorance is the best excuse. Ignorance is the best excuse, yeah. Mm-hmm. But the, the big thing is, like, you just don't, you don't learn from it. Like, you're not a better player for having done that. Right. You literally you know? are looking to gain some booster backs. Yeah. That's, that, I mean, and that was, I, I thought, I, like, I thought I did it because I was being clever. I thought I was, I thought I was actually. I mean, you objectively are being clever. It will only make you more likely to win the game. But yeah. it's just not. I guess I guess my point is like when I did I wasn't doing it for like a scummy reason I was doing it because I did I just didn't know better right but um I mean I'll cop it I didn't do the right thing I'm not trying to I'm not trying to no, hide the fact that like I you know I, and I Dennis I'm so sorry that you know years and years of friendship that I've cherished yeah, has come the last cra- of the podcast, man. crashing know. to a halt you know because you've you've unearthed this uh this 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 terrible secret from my past um, no, Arcanine I, I'm, tells I'm, calling t- someone I'm else. tapping the Twitter thread right now, Riley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a thread. You're done. One of you know, a, one of question mark at the yeah, end. Yeah, it's it. one slash question mark. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Dennis, I will tell you what, you're going down with the ship, mate. You're going. You're. you're I'll. I'll, t- I'll bring you down. Oh no. I got. I got. I got dirt on you. Do you know what Dennis does, right? Do you know what Dennis does to his cat? Dennis puts his cat as punishment on top of his curtain thing. Like Dennis has these massive bay windows, right? And <laughs> Dennis, how is that even possible? He pu- he punishes his cat by putting it on top of the of the curtain rod or the curtain rail. Yes, it's not by a rod encouraging rail, it's the like, cat to claw his way up the like ten feet of curtain, which he often does. He I would often need does a ladder that, yeah. to put him up there. <laughs> <laughs> You'd need a very big ladder as well. Yeah, very high ceiling. It's a really high ceiling in the front room. It's an old house. It's, a, it's an obscenely high ceiling. Why does your cat do that? Why does your Cat going perch on top of now. the curtains. Has he stopped since he, since we let him go outside? He doesn't. You just get you just get antsy. 
Yeah, right. So climbing the curtains was the only it was the only way for him to sense feel sense of adventure, feel alive. Yeah, to feel alive. He had to get at the top of the curtains and look down. Yeah, no, Dennis has never never disciplined his cat by doing that, to my no, knowledge. No, catch massive. Um, but I'll, I'll I'll find some dirt. I'll find some dirt on Dennis. We'll have we'll have dirty Dennis next week. Don't worry about it. Anyway, um, Arcanine Tales, one hundred percent not the asshole. One hundred percent not the asshole. No, you're you you are whatever the opposite. You are the paragon in the story. You are you are the mouth. You are the mouth. <laughs> Let's round out the show, Dennis, with everyone's favourite segment. It's time for some power moves. Our first one comes in from, from a Ad- danker point. A da- a- oh yeah, sorry, I've been reading this wrong the whole time. I thought it was add anchor point, but I can see now it's not. It's it's a a danch or or point. point. Yeah, a danch. <laughs> So I a Daniel point says, so let's start listening to Smart pretty recently. Just gone back, started listening from the beginning. So if this one has already been submitted, sorry. Uh, I don't think it has. This one's very good. Power move. Mm-hmm. You can do in Commander. When my opponent plays a very simple, well-known card against me, I'll pick it up and read it very deliberately. For example, I cast my Commander. They cast Counterspell. I pick it up and study the card like it's the first time I'm seeing some old wall of text card or a Kenrith or something there like that. Counter target spell. What? Counter target spell? Does that I thought, work? I thought this was going to be, can I reach a commander? Yeah. Kenrith. Okay. So so for okay. white, you can do this. Okay. So for yeah, you do yeah, this. Yeah. Talk to the card and go, uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. Kenrith? <laughs> like, I thought that I was like going to be the idea. I like the idea of putting it to the table, right? They cast a counter spell or they cast like a doom blade and you pick it up and you're like, hang on, does this work? You know, they, they doom blade like your, your, I don't know, thrag task and you're like, wait, Wait, does that work? Like, have you never seen this card before? No, but it's a Doomblade. Like, what is it? Has it? Like, it's got a picture of an angel on it. Does, it, does this? Yeah. I, I like this a lot. I like this a lot. Having people to double down, like, explain basic cards like Counterspell and, Doom, and Doomblade. That's very good. That's very, very good. Another it's one good here, Eldrazi of Ravnica. Cut your opponent's deck by pushing the top half of it with your pinky finger as though their deck disgusts you. This will <laughs> spill their cards everywhere, but you can probably argue that it's technically still a legal cut. <laughs> I like that you can, you can probably argue it. <laughs> I would like to go one step further. Bring like a pole. Yeah, we shouldn't be. You shouldn't be touching. Frown yeah, and just like ugh, bring, just a, bring a little stick, and like, ugh. like a back scratcher, right? Bring that and just sort of go. Ugh, or one of those like old that. vaudeville hooks you use to yank people off stage. Oh, yank people off stage. Yeah, just knock half their deck off and be like, yeah, that, that's your problem now. Yeah, ugh. that's good. I like that, Eldrazi Ravnica. Um, in Burbage, Dennis, who since their appearance on the last time on the show, right? Who when we made fun of them for being Burbage. <laughs> has put has put a full stop. Uh, have they, they have initialized the end. And full stop space burbage. Yes. Uh, has got a raft of new power moves. Right. Well, no, Riley, their name is now N Burbage. Yes. Sorry. N Burbage has got a bunch of new power moves, right? Given the new direction that our show has taken. Uh, alert listeners last week will have remembered that we had a long discussion about Yu Gi Oh, right? Mm. So here are some Yu-Gi-Oh-based power moves, right, to bring into your next game. To bring into, bring into your game magic game, yeah. Of Magic the Gathering. Number one, Yu-Gi-Oh playmat. Hate it. Pretty, hate it. They're pretty, smaller. They're, have you, they're so noisy as well. Then What are they made of? Like alfoil? What? No, Why are no, they noisy? No, look at a Yu-Gi-Oh playmat. Google the words Yu-Gi-Oh playmat and just look at okay. the, the, the first result. Okay. All right. I'll have a look. Yu-Gi-Oh. No, no. This is an OG. Here we go. Riley, I'm going to share with you what a Yu-Gi-Oh playmat looks like on the screen okay. here so you can see what I'm talking all right, about. All right. Let me see. Let me see. I want to see. what they, I, I, I'm interested to know how they're noisy. Like, have they got bells and whistles and stuff on? Oh, okay. I was thinking you were like, they're made of cellophane. You mean they're noisy as in they're Visually busy. noisy. Yeah. Visually very noisy. Yes. Wow. They've got a lot going on. They've just got like every single card on the on one playmat? Like, it's okay. insane. Yeah, yeah, it's very different to compared to a magic playlist that, play, playmat that has like one creature on it. Yeah, you get what is going like on here? Yeah, there's a lot. There's like ten. This is a, not a good thing for an audio. No, but, medium, I, but I, wherever you are, Google Yu-Gi-Oh playmat and you'll see. You'll, Some you'll of them have just there. normal layout where you put your monsters and your trap cards or whatever. But mm-hmm. wherever they feature art, they're like, no, no, no. We're, uh, like Johnson, we put one Yu-Gi-Oh card on this playmat. No, no, sixteen minimum has to be. Pack them all. At in. least sixteen. More, got, yeah, we, we every can Yu-Gi-Oh playmat has to look like. Friggin' Sergeant Peppers, like that's the only way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's pretty base level. I've actually played against people who've used Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, hey, for yeah. sure. Um, number two, comment on how much larger the cards are than you're used to. Ah, have you ever held Yu-Gi-Oh! cards, Riley? They're small, aren't they? They're, they're tiny. S- they're small, and the the way they've divvied up the real estate on the card is awful. Yes, like it's mostly art. They look like um, 
the old players' rewards cards, yes. where it's mostly art. Mostly yeah. art, but also yeah. the, the way the vernacular for Yu-Gi-Oh requires so much more text than Magic does. Oh right, and Instead the of font like, just oh, gets oh, so it's, smaller and smaller and smaller. It, it's stuff like put onto the battlefield instead of create or like uh, remove from the game instead of exile. Right. Okay. Excellent. All right. Well, number three. Let me find don't you. Don't cast let creatures. Me, let me find you a card that is a good Summon example them. of this. Here we go. Dennis has just completely tuned out while I read through this. Dennis is busy off finding me cards like this. So I'll just go through the, the things here. But it'd be good as a, as a you know, reformed Yu-Gi-Oh player to get your impact input on these ones. Instead of casting creatures, summoning them, Dennis. I guess that's fine. Like that works, right? Yeah, so, like, that's summon fine. Summon whatever. That's fine. How about this one though? Refer to magic cards by Yu-Gi-Oh! names. Don't play a Dark Confident. Play a Dark Magician. That's pretty strong. It's pretty good. Don't play a Shivan like, Dragon. Play a Blue Eyes. Yeah, play Blue Eyes. Yeah, I, I like the I like the idea of just... But just throwing it in there, not make a big deal. Like, oh, uh, Dark Magician. Uh, take um, two from the Dark Magician. It's like... <laughs> that's Because you know people are going to tilt. So, Riley, you know people are I want tilt. you to look up a card. And listeners home as well. Okay. Look up a card. This is not necessarily the best card, but it's an example. Okay. Look up, remember that the Yu-Gi-Oh cards are much smaller than Magic cards. Yes. Look up a card called Golden Castle of Stromberg. Golden Castle of Stromberg. Okay. And just look All at right. the size of the font on this thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna come to this in just a second. I want to read the last one here from N oh, Verbage. Yes. Number five. When attacking, you say, I attack your life points directly. Especially if they have no it's perfect. Yeah, yeah, very good. Golden Castle of Stromberg spell card. Try to read wow. this card. Just try to understand what's going on here. Once per turn during your standby phase, you must banish, banish. Ten, ca- banish 10 cards from the top of your deck face down. This is not optional. Parentheses, this is not optional? This is not optional, Dennis. You must do this or this card is destroyed. Wow, so like mill 10 or you lose it. Uh, during your main phase, Semicolon. you can special summon one monster from your deck that specifically lists the card Golden Castle of Strom- Stromberg in its text. You cannot normal summon... Set the turn you activate this effect, even if this card leaves the field. You can only use the, this card at the effect of Castle Stromberg once per turn. We're not done. When an opponent's monster declares an attack, you can destroy the attacking monster, and if you do, inflict damage to your opponent equal to half the attack that monster had in the field. What? Uh, okay. And this is a sorcery? Uh, no, I believe this is a continuous spell card. It's a field, uh, it's a field uh, spell card, sorry. A field spell card, sure. All right. Okay. Well, that is... Yeah, this is... That's not that much text. It's a lot of text. It's a lot of text. But the, the, what gets me here is the size of the text box on the yeah, the, sex, the text box is, is absolutely tiny. The size of the text box is absolutely minuscule. Absolutely minuscule. Wow. Uh, some, more, uh, some more Yu-Gi-Oh! power moves came in from AK, AKD after seeing Burbage's power moves. Mm. AKD supplemented these, right? My favorite part of Attem- this is AKD properly used the word addenda. He said addenda to the Yu-Gi-Oh! move because it was multiple. It's not an addendum. It's addenda. Do you know what my favorite so, one of those is? Go on. You know what a single piece of data is? A datum. A, a datum, yeah. Yeah, very good. Or a graffito. Um, <laughs> what? A graffiti is plural. Oh, a graffito. I thought you said a mojito. No. I'll have two, mo- I'll have two mojiti, please. It's like the whole thing where like the, 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 the name Dorito implies the existence of a much larger duro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Doriti? Yeah. You have no, one Doro. Dorito. No, you have, a, you, have, I- you have a Dorito, but you must have a Doro, which is just a giant Dorito. Oh, because Arito means small. The suffix right? yeah. means small, yeah. I didn't know that. Okay, sure. Yeah, I thought you were saying Doriti, like a plural of Dorito no, no, is Doriti. No. That's good also. Anyway, AKD, with their addenda. You can attempt to attack creatures. For mm-hmm. example, send your Dreadmore at their tutu and act confused when they decide not to block. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Um, call sorceries magic cards and instance trap cards. So this is funny. Matt, so spell cards in Yu-Gi-Oh used to be called magic cards until I believe yeah. wizards made them stop. Yeah, and now they're called spell cards. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Uh, and finally, use Yu-Gi-Oh cards as tokens, bonus points if they share names with magic cards. So, you know, when you cast your magic card that, that lets you create Golden Castle of Stromberg tokens, you know what you can use. Golden Castle of Stromberg. <laughs> I mean, this is the weirdest set of power moves I think we've ever got, but it I is. Love it. It's great. It's really good. I didn't never thought I'd be as into Yu-Gi-Oh as I now am. It's good, right? It's good. It's, it's great. The game's I mean, speaking garbage. Of which, but yeah, this, speaking this of dovetails which, into our secret end of the podcast. Let's uh, the secret end of the podcast is coming. It's not that secret if we're going to talk anymore. about it openly. So but right, <laughs> we, we, we held a little watch party. We watched the Here first episode of Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, so this is something did. I enjoyed much of a, as much as a child. I know the first episode, first the whole season, first season, season two pretty well. 10, 12, 13 year old Dennis is way into Yu-Gi-Oh. Right? Yeah, way yeah. into it. In fact, Yu-Gi-Oh is how I started playing Magic because when, when I was like seventeen. 
some guys were like, dude, I have all my old Yu-Gi-Oh decks mm. from when we were kids. It was like, sweet, I'll grab mine and we'll play. And some kids in the lunchroom were playing Magic. And I was like, what's this nerd game? Yep. <laughs> what's this what's this idiot sucker game and now look at you're, you're not, years you're later. not it's, it's, it, they're not even like Egyptian god cards like oh my god what the hell it's like a wolf yeah so like the, the flavor anyway so Ronnie what were your impressions of Yu-Gi-Oh episode one so for those let's just bring people up to speed for those of you who skipped the secret outro of the podcast we've started a new outro we've had a couple of suggestions for it Arca Ninetale suggested Epilogio not which terrible. is it's not bad uh, Yay2727 says Blue Eyes White Dragon Mere River and Blue Eyes Mere River yeah Blue Eyes Me River almost rhymes with Scry Me River. I'm not married to either of these, so if, if if you've got more suggestions for how we end the show rather than with Charizard Me River with a with a yeah Blue Eyes White Drag Me and River or whatever, but uh, yeah no. So Dennis and I and a bunch of the subs. If you join the Discord, if you're a sub, if you're a supporter of my uh, my um, Twitch stream, or if you're a Patreon member on uh, Half a History Half a History Patreon, you can uh, come and join us. Are we can do it every Monday. We'll do it at least. Uh, well, I think we might do more than that, but yeah, we'll see. Well, we're gonna we're gonna try to nail down a, a, a be, weekly we'll, date. We'll watch we, the next one on Monday. Yes, where we watch uh, an episode or maybe a couple of episodes of Yu Gi Oh every week, and we watch the first episode. And Dennis, I gotta say, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> it was actually really fun. It was it was this it was the perfect kind of game to hang out with a bunch of mates and just subtly mock, just gently mm-hmm. mock for half an hour. It was it was very dense. Yeah, the first, and they, they they've cut some important stuff from that first episode. Like all the stuff that we talked about last time we talked about Yu-Gi-Oh, all the stuff that Dennis taught up, like 60% of that happened in the first Everything episode. Everything Riley knows about Yu-Gi-Oh is basically in Yu-Gi and Kaiba's duel at the end of the first episode. <laughs> like we didn't we didn't get to the island bit or anything, but like that first episode had everything. It had Blue Eyes White Dragon, it had my, my grandfather's, grandfather's deck, deck has, has no, no ca- pathetic cards. Uh, no bad cards. It has it has um Exodia, it has Heart, Heart of the Cards. It's the whole thing. The whole thing's in there. It's all in there. Um, but I, I have to say, I really like. How it. did it line up with your expectations? Because I, what I love is imagining what oh, it's it, ex- good. it exceeded them. Like, what, what, what did you imagine the show was going to be like versus what it is actually like? Oh, I imagined it was going to be dull. To be honest, mm. I thought it was actually going to be kind of like because most kids shows you, you watch them again, like this is this is kind of boring. But this one was so silly and it, like the some of the lines. Oh, my favorite line, Dennis. So the the kid, his grandfather works at an LGS, basically, right? And an there's LGS. a point it's at which game store. It's called Game Shop, Game right? Shop which I it. love. I love. Like, it's such a good name. It's, talk about SEO. D- d- have you told the story about the brunch place? Yeah, the brunch place I went to in New York that was called Brunch Places Near Me. Very similar. So you just type that into Google Maps and it just took you straight there. Um, so calling it Game Shop is amazing SEO. Anyway, the grandfather gets kidnapped, right? Mm-hmm. And then when they investigate, they go to the Game Shop to check it out. The phone rings yep. and he picks it up and says, Hello, Game Shop. <laughs> Which was just oh, it was so good, it was so good. But uh, what do you think of the villain yeah. so far, Kaiba Seto Kaiba? He seems a little dramatic, but I'm most, yeah, most oh, good you haven't met Pegasus yet, man. <laughs> oh really? Oh, was that the guy with That's the, the robot guy at eye? the end? Yeah, okay. the ancient millennial yeah, well, eye. I'm looking forward to uh, I'm looking forward to so much. But oh, it's funny because you know all this. If you go back and listen to last week's episode where Dennis was talking, you know, ad nauseum about um, Yu-Gi-Oh and all the tropes and jokes so dennis like i mean i've been friends with dennis for a while and one of the things i learned with dennis is when he tells a story i've just got to just dial it back just a little bit right dennis is prone to exaggeration oh yeah dennis does dennis does definitely he doesn't never ever let the truth get away of a good story no way so dennis will um you know uh, maybe make things sound a little more exciting than they are right and so when you were telling me about you i'm like okay island sure like there's like all that stuff i'm like okay i'm taking i'm taking with the usual grain of salt usual healthy pinch of salt Mm. that i take i have whenever i'm listening to dennis tell a story nope (laughs) nope it was all all there there. it's all there it was dennis was just it was like honestly it was like a wikipedia article dennis you were you were fair (laughs) and balanced and unbiased and you were very detailed it was no, I, I have to say, I really enjoyed it. And I'm looking for, I'm actually really looking forward to watching more episodes with you. I can't wait for you to think, to start to understand what, why don't, that their decisions for the flavor of the game make no sense. So, Duel mm. Monsters, the card game, is supposed to be based on these ancient Egyptian sorcerers who would like battle yeah. each other and summon real monsters from like the Shadow Realm and stuff, right? Okay. Yeah. And it's supposed to be, it's basically what people are, what, what like, People are afraid magic is. It's based on like Satanist rituals, except in Yu Gi Oh! it actually kind of is. Yeah. Um, 
So, so you'll summon dragons and magicians and stuff and like giants and like scorpions or like a big mm. scarab, all very normal Egyptian flavored things. Then you'll get like a, a like a Bellifron reference, like a, like a guy riding a Pegasus, which is a Greek mythology. It's like, okay, well, that's a couple thousand years off, but like whatever, it's fine. Mm. Mm. But then there's like you, you go cards that are like cyborgs. <laughs> You're like, why yeah. is this? In the- Ancient Egyptian cyborgs. Why, yeah. why is How this do you think they the pyramids, mate? <laughs> Or like Nikki had a whole Yu-Gi-Oh deck that was a bunch of cakes, sentient muffins okay. and stuff. Sentient muffins. Okay. <laughs> it's like, right. why is this in the game? I mean, magic is known for its rich world building and, you know, comprehensive law and all that sort of stuff. I don't know how you could be a Yu-Gi-Oh Vorthos if you've got to reconcile bloody talking cakes with cyborg robot. Riley, there is a real Yu-Gi-Oh builders. card, right? Gone. That yeah. I assume somebody just had a real rough day at Konami or Chunja, whatever, translating from Japanese. Go Do on. you want to know what this card is called, Riley? Give me, t- give me the name of this card. It's a two words, and you can figure right. out where you think the split is. It is interplanetary purpley thorny dragon. <laughs> no, 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 no. Interplanetary purpley thorny thorny dragon space dragon dragon. I mean, I know dragons are popular. We got a lot of. Dra- I mean, in magic, you know, we got a lot of dragons, right? Yeah. There's there's Shivan, right? There is ancestor. We've got demanding. Uh, there's uh, what other ones are there? Shadow dragon, right? There's uh, <laughs> dragon appeasement, right? There's a lot of different. But dragons. there are no interplanetary purpley thorny. How quickly did they run out of? Names that they had to call it interplanetary. So in Japanese, it's called. Yeah. It looks like it's called Ikaino. Butchering some sure, but Kyokushuryu, which is otherworldly thorny purpley dragon, which is probably just like purple dragon with thorns from another world, right? Yes, yeah. in like some weird compound that the way Japanese works. But in English, they didn't seem to call that like purple thorn dragon from another dimension, which also would have been bad. But inter interplanetary. Interdimensional purple thorn dragon is at least you at least you can parse that sentence, right? No, uh, like one word: interplanetary purpley thorny. Interplanetary purpley thorny dragon. Purpley, wow. not purple. Purpley, purpley, purplesque. Purple-esque. Have, purple-esque. have you looked it up? It's a real card. All right. I, well, I'm trying to figure out how to spell it. Interplan. Planetary purpley thorny. Interplanetary purp. Oh, there it is. There it is. Purpli- it's just so crazy purpli- to see thorni. it written on a card. Oh, wow. Yeah. Go and look up the Italian uh, Thundermore Hellkite and then go and compare it to Interplanetary Purpley Thorny Dragon and it is... Well, in Italian, wow. it's Drago, Interplanetario Porporo Parapinoso. <laughs> Still one word. <laughs> Riley, oh, can you, can you give us the German here? Interplanetar Lila... Lila... Lila Stachliger Drache. Even German, a language specifically built to deal with dumb Port Bonto compound words, struggles. Yes. Interplaneta Lila Stachliger Drache. I mean, it actually sounds it's it sounds like a normal German word, to be honest, but that is. Looking at a Reddit thread here that is, what cards have the dumbest names in r slash Yu-Gi-Oh? And I imagine Interplanetary Throat. Oh, Thunder King Ryo. His name literally means Thunder King, Thunder King. <laughs> That's Oh, of good. course, yeah. Right, Oh. Yeah. Super nimble mega hamster. I forgot about that one. I have that card. It's not just a regular hamster. It's a mega hamster. Super nimble as well. Yeah, not just nimble. Super nimble mega hamster is a good one. Yeah, like what is this yeah. flavor of this game? I can't wait to see all these in the Anaheim as well. I'm looking forward oh. to it. I'm looking forward to it. Magical something. Anyway, so yeah, Magical um, something. What is it? Magical something. Yeah, what is it? It's a guy. It's a guy with like no, no, a what's scythe. The, what's the name of the card? Magical something. Yeah, magical what? Something. Yeah, tell why don't you t- mate, you gotta tell us. Riley, please look up magic or something. It looks like a typo. <laughs> it must just be a mistranslation. Magical magical I I wouldn't be surprised if there was a, a Yu-Gi-Oh card that was like translation error. Please try again later. <laughs> magical uh something. Uh, it's a magical something. But it's, it's clearly something. like a know. soldier with a weapon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She looks she doesn't muck around. She's got like oh, a, a, a big rod one, or something, yeah. yeah. And, but they, but right, then it's anyway. quoted in the rules text. You can only use this effect of magical something once per turn. <laughs> <laughs> what a game. It makes me feel better about magic, game. man. More, the more and more I think about what I use about Yu-Gi-Oh, it makes me like magic more and more. All right. Uro, well, is, hope- Uro and Teferi are a small price to pay. I, I think 
if you know, I'm looking forward to people tuning in for us watching uh, more Yu-Gi-Oh. I'm looking forward to people tuning into our. It's going to be welcome everyone to Scrum River, the Yu-Gi-Oh advice podcast. Yeah. Before we're coming up the way, right? Um, but uh, yeah, no, we'll keep an eye on the Discord, a bit.ly slash join Riley's Discord, and you can uh, stay up to date with the when when Dennis and I are going to be watching that. And if you're a sub, please come and join us because uh, it is really, really Riley, really what's good the name fun. of this episode? Um, Friendship ended with Riley. <laughs> we, it's been a dense episode. Yeah, it's been a dense, meaty episode. There's been a lot. Yeah, we've got that. We've got inter- interplanetary purpley thorny dragon. You can't put that in um, there. <laughs> no, it, it won't. It won't turn. It'll break people's. It'll break people's pods. Yeah, there are their pods. There won't be, this this cast will break, break pod. people's pods. Yeah, they won't have anything left. Thank you all to for cast. listening. This episode is always brought to you by channelfireball.com, which I do not think sells interplanetary purpley thorny dragons. At least not as far as I know. Uh, Craig McCremators though pick them up there yeah well <laughs> my low low price music is always brought to by Joe and Corrette and yeah we'll see you all next week stay fresh cheese bags cheese bags